his job to offer battle to bad men near and far. He conquered fear and he conquered hate. He turned dark night into day. He made his blazing saddle a torch to light the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Film Find. Actually, this is an episode of the Film Find 5, for those of you that have, uh, don't remember what those were because it's been so darn long since we've had them. Uh, this is where I take five minutes to talk about a particular subject. Today, I'm going to be talking about Mel Brooks's uh, new, I'll call it an autobiography, A Tale of His Life. Uh, entitled Mel Brooks, All About Me, or All About Me by Mel Brooks. I forget exactly which one. Uh, but let's go ahead and put five minutes on the timer. Uh, so I've been a big Mel Brooks fan for as long as I can remember, certainly around the age of, you know, like 12 or 13, once you start, uh, when, once dad starts letting you, you know, get to a little bit more adult comedies and stuff. So you see Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, and I'd always been a fan. Just And, and honestly, I think Blazing Saddles is probably still the funniest movie of all time, just joke for joke, pound for pound, uh, is still just one of the best. And of course, uh, due to its uh, a sensitive nature, not a movie that could be made today, uh, but still remaining one of the funniest. Uh, I didn't, I, I knew like bits and pieces about Mel Brooks's life before this book, uh, but I, I didn't know everything. And that's what's really great about it because it kind of, while it's more about his movie career, they do start out a little bit where he was a small child in New York and everything, and where you're learning how he grew up, the environment that he was in and everything, his uh, parental situation, and just how he kind of, uh, you know, in, in a roundabout way, kind of learned to be funny and stuff. Uh, then it goes into his uh, time in World War II, uh, where he went over to France and everything. Uh, it really, a, another chapter of his life, I knew he had gone to war in some degree or another, but didn't know the extent to what it was and how those stories would kind of really echo throughout the rest of his entire life and inform a lot of the things that uh, he ends up creating uh, but then after that, it goes into, of course, his work with uh, the Sid Caesar show of shows and goes through all of that era. I knew of that era, but not the uh, length of which he was um, involved with all of that. And, of course, how that was the thing that put him into the stratosphere. And, of course, he worked with Sid Caesar over the years and stuff with uh, with, with movies, uh, especially like silent movie, <laughs> which is uh, fantastic because Sid gets to play the people that he didn't like, which <laughs> which I always thought was fun. Uh, but really, to me, uh, the great part about this book is just is a lot of that early stuff. The, some of the later stuff is fine and good, and you, you get to know all the movies. But I think you'd be really shocked at about how much... Uh, the beginning of the book where, you know, for a lot of people that would kind of throw you. You wouldn't want to be, uh, you're like, I want to get into the good stuff. You know, you want to get into the meat and potatoes and everything. But, you know, you need to have this appetizer first. This appetizer is going to kind of set everything else up. And that's where those opening chapters within his, uh, you know, young childhood uh, all the way through his army years and stuff like that. It's so informative as to what goes. So even if you get kind of the, slight inkling that like, eh, that first little part, I, I kind of want to get into the movies. Wait for that part. It is important. There is a reason that it's there. Uh, but he goes through, I would say, for the majority of 
his his movies, he has like a little chapter on each of them talking about the uh, the per- perils and pitfalls and uh, victories of all of these things. And Mel Brooks is one of those guys who it feels like the ones that really succeed in Hollywood is that they just they just start trying. They just start trying and just start swinging. They've got, you know, they've got some ingrained talent in them to be sure. Uh, but at the exact same time, they are people that just never stop hustling, never stop moving. And in a weird way, don't take no for an answer. Just kind of keep on pushing to see what happens. Uh, but I would recommend the, uh, the audio book for those of you that uh, are like me and don't have the the wherewithal to kind of just sit down for a couple of uh, hours each day or whatever and uh, read a book, not where I end up going. Uh, so I did the audio book. Uh, this is not sponsored by Audible, but uh, Mel Brooks does read the audio book on Audible, and it's fantastic. And I would really recommend you uh, doing it that way because, uh, well, number one, the author himself reads it, which is fantastic because he sounds really, really good. He's 95 years old, man, and he's still kicking around. And I really wanted to read this book because, I, again, like at 95, you want to make sure that you're uh, you know, celebrating the man while he's still still around. And I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, no, I've been a big fan all along and not read his book while he was still alive. I think that'd be a little bit disrespectful. But uh, his love for his wife, Anne Brancroft, and his kids and stuff like that, it's all really good, but it, does, it plays... Not in, a, not in a bad way, but plays a backseat to the movie stuff, the things that you really like, the things that you really enjoy, and that you're really there for, some behind-the-scenes things uh, about these movies, and not particularly his his life outside of that beginning stuff. But I think if you're a Mel Brooks fan, you're really going to like this book. I think you're really going to... Uh, I think, I really, again, audiobook is the way to go. And uh, that is it, everybody. Another five, epi- five episodes. Five minutes down. All right, I got it. I don't know how to stop this thing. So let's do it, everybody. Uh, I will see you guys next time. Need a new leader to restore its former glory. The thing that was uh, surprising to me the most about uh, the Mel Brooks stuff is like I knew he wrote like you know the lyrics and stuff, and you would imagine for things like uh, Springtime for Hitler from the producers, as you just heard here, that he would write those lyrics and everything. While I don't know that he's writing the notes per se, the melodies and everything, he's working with all of these people to do this music and stuff. And really one of the most surprising things is the person that's kind of been behind him in his corner more than anything 
was his late wife, uh, the great Anne Bancroft, who was just like, hey, you know what? Get your crap together. You wrote this stuff. Who's a better person to, to put this together than you? And she's just like, take this book, go in that room, finish this out, and go do it. And he's done it. And like, she's been that kind of, uh, she was that boot up the butt for him for a long time. And uh, I don't know, just you can really tell the love that those two had for each other within this book and stuff. But uh, it's really, really great. And again, thank you guys for hanging out. And uh, hopefully, we'll do some more Film Find Fives. I got a, a full episode coming up soon where we'll be talking about Jackass Forever and another uh, movie from the 80s. Uh, talking about uh, kind of that more <laughs> that, that more frat boy lifestyle that you might see there in the Jackass. So uh, I'll cover that next time. And uh, thanks for hanging out, guys.